Hello and welcome to the Writer's Cookbook Podcast. I'm Christina Adams. And I'm Ali Betts. And we're serving you with your weekly slice of writing advice. Yes, we are. This week we're talking about character arcs and different types and how they work. Yeah, we've got lots to cover and we'll be using Gone Girl and the James Bond film Casino Royale as examples. So consider this your spoiler warning if you haven't seen them. Mm, Consider us warned. Shall we begin? Let's go. doesn't know then what is a character arc to put it really really simply a character arc is the journey your character goes through over the course of a story that makes sense but what if it's a plot driven story like a thriller novel for instance even in plot driven stories characters can and very much should still arc because then the story is more interesting for the reader You know, most books are about people going through different or challenging periods in their life. And most of the time it's something they haven't been through before. This is one of the keys to readers being able to connect to characters and having the character go through a character arc really helps readers to form that connection. Okay, I see. That makes sense. And I believe there are different types of character arcs. Yes. Yeah, there are several. So the ones we're going to focus on today are flat, circular, negative, and positive arcs. So the most common one is a positive arc, and you'll particularly see this one in Hollywood films because it really doesn't like negative or circular arcs. Okay, that's interesting. Why is that? So people love their happily ever afters and things tied up neatly in a bow. And if you challenge that and people don't expect it, they can respond negatively. So you have to tread really, really carefully. If Uh, you've ever seen uh, certain books adapted and the ending is changed and made happier, this is often the reason why. And unfortunately, a lot of authors don't have control over the film adaptations of their books. And that's why the ending gets changed and that's why a lot of authors want control or some sort of say in a film adaptation so that that doesn't happen what about the other arcs that we mentioned yeah so those are less common but if done right they can very much still be effective of course so let's start with flat arcs i assume this is when a character doesn't arc at all yeah So this is like your Sherlock Holmes or a lot of the James Bond films. It's better in short stories generally, or if the character has an interesting or unpredictable personality trait or skill. Okay, like Holmes's super impressive deduction skills. Yeah, just like that. And it helps also that we watch him from Watson's point of view. It piques our curiosity more because we've no idea what he's going to do next and neither does Watson. That's interesting. I have actually watched some of the Sherlock Holmes, but I didn't. I haven't read any of the books, and I actually stopped watching because I got a bit tired of the same uh, old thing after the other. To be honest which, with which you, which one did you watch? Was it the Benedict Cumberbatch one? Yes. Yeah, the early ones are much, much closer to the books. The um, mm. not the books, the short stories than the 
later ones are. I stopped watching it about halfway through, I have to admit. Yeah, because the early I'm ones a Robert Downey Jr. person. Well, I mean, I mostly watched it for Martin Freeman because he's just awesome. But the earlier ones are really interesting. And I feel like there's a lot more going on both in Sherlock's life and in Watson's life. But I feel like it did trail off after a while and it felt quite repetitive, as you say. Yeah, I definitely recommend the short stories, particularly if you want to work on your description. Mm. Because you and like because Holmes' thing is he picks up on the minutia, right? Okay. So he's kind of analyzing what someone is doing as they're giving him information to see if they are a reliable narrator, for example. I will bear this in mind. But when it comes mm-hmm. to Bond, I feel like in some of the films, he does arc to some extent, don't you think? Yeah, Casino Royale, as we mentioned at the start, is one. And that's kind of classed as one of the better and more popular ones. I know a lot of people were sceptical of Daniel Craig taking on the role, but that was a great way to launch him as Bond. And it proves a point that character arcs do work in plot-driven stories, because even though a lot of it is him reacting to these external triggers, he changes and grows as a person because of those external triggers and what happens to Vespa Lind. It definitely grows and arcs better in the, the more modern Bond films, I think. I think they were after different things back when they started recording Bond films. <laughs> oh, totally. I have to admit, I haven't seen the early ones. I have only seen the Daniel Craig ones. I know a lot of people that's blasphemous, but... Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, we, we never really watched action films when I was growing up, so I, I never got the opportunity to see them, and I've just... Uh, I don't watch that many well, films now. <laughs> that's it. As soon as it's safe, I'm forcing you to come over and have a movie night with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a lot of movie nights with how many Bond films there are. You're just going to have to put up with it. <laughs> Let's look at circular arcs next. I'm very intrigued by this concept. Yeah, so they're exactly what they sound like. The character comes full circle. Doesn't matter what they grow through, whether it's internal, external, both, they do not learn a thing. That sounds like it could be a bit frustrating to read. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. I am a massive Gone Girl fan and... I remember absolutely adoring the ending of the book and the fact that the characters don't learn and they're in the exact same (laughs) position at the end that they were at the start. And the author, Gillian Flynn, did say, you know, she promised fans of the book, I will not change the ending because she actually wrote the script as well. She promised fans and she didn't change the ending. And I can remember walking out of the cinema and the whole walk home, my boyfriend was like, what the hell? What the hell? Why didn't he learn? Why didn't he leave her? And I'm like, you're missing the point. And I think it, it, she got the reaction that she wanted out of the audience, you know, that sheer frustration of how vile these two characters were to each other, but actually they deserve each other because they're both just as bad as each other. Mm, I actually know someone who reads almost exclusively in that sort of thriller genre that Gone Girl is marketed as, and she hated the ending. I think it's more that she didn't understand the ending, to be honest with you, <laughs> because she's not into writing at all. But she just put it down and she was mad at it for a long while. <laughs> Why do you think it annoyed her so much? I just don't think she was expecting it. I think more than anything, like you said, you people come to expect that happily ever after, that neat tied mm-hmm. up little bow. And the author went against that and obviously in a very technical and experienced way. but. This person who is used to these kind of books ended in a certain way was not happy that it didn't. <laughs> yeah, those kind of endings definitely aren't for everyone. And 
So you have to be very mindful of that when you're writing, but also beware that it does require a certain level of skill, but also confidence to be able to pull it off. But if you do it successfully, then, you know, it's great. But you have to be prepared to piss a lot of people off at the same time. (laughs) A strong reaction is better than no reaction at all, though, right? Right. Totally, because it means people (laughs) are talking about your book, which means more people are going to find your book without you having to spend money on advertising. Exactly. The power of word of mouth is invaluable. (laughs) It is. It really is. Next up, then, we have our negative arcs. I'm very intrigued. Please tell me more. So I would say these are the least common, certainly in terms of what I've come across. And this is where the characters go downhill over the course of a book. And you have your unhappily ever after. (laughs) So not really an uplifting read, then? Not by a long shot. When would you suggest using a negative arc, though, if at all? It really depends on the book and also, I think, the kind of person that you are. Some genres certainly lend themselves to it much more than others, and you can get away with that. But in something like romance, people expect a happily ever after, and if you go against that, you could get in a lot of trouble. That's why you will find some romance books with disclaimers that they don't have a happily ever after got to be careful when you're breaking the rules (laughs) very much so yeah and last but certainly not least our positive arcs so this is what most people think of when they think of character arcs because they're the most common and they tend to be the ones that leave readers feeling the most satisfied as well okay why is that because most people read for escapism and of course as writers we should challenge people And part of writing and reading is to explore worlds outside of our own. But most people want to know that everything is going to end up all right. It it gives us hope, you know. Mm, That makes sense. Like a projection thing. Yeah. If the characters have a happily ever after, after everything they've been through, why can't we as well? Because they've been through worse than we have. It's nice to feel that sometimes. Is that why you love torturing your characters so much? degree (laughs) that the worse what your characters (laughs) go through is the more attached the readers will get to them nobody likes someone whose life is really easy because they don't have a reason to root for them and they don't have a reason to connect with them either they might be really pissed off or they might be a little bit jealous that everything comes really easy to this character And if someone's feeling jealous of a character, they're probably not going to want to keep reading about this person. True. Got to have the drama. Is that Mm. why soap operas are so over the top, you know, to build empathy and keep people watching, keep people engaged? It is, yeah, because it, it makes a lot of people feel better about their own lives as well. You know, setup is similar to most people's lives, but nowhere near as dramatic. So it's kind of cathartic in a way Hmm, I get that I get that how can people work out character arcs so what's the the best way to work out what to go with so the best way to put it is to think about your character's end goal what should their life look like at the end of your book or at the end of your series then once you've got that in mind think about a fear or flaw that is in direct opposition to it so I always use the musician with stage fright example so you've got a character who wants to perform and become a famous singer but they're absolutely terrified 
of going on stage, your story is forcing your character to face their fear or flaw to achieve their end goal and making sure that you increase the tension and the stakes and basically how much they have to lose every time. That's a really good technique. Is it really that simple? Yeah. Uh, you know, the formula works for all genres. Even if you're writing something plot-based, there are still ways you can weave that in, either in terms of a subplot or by having the character's flaw directly related to the overarching plot. I have to admit, once I actually started studying character arcs from a more technical standpoint, I started to see them everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, they they are everywhere. I was definitely the same, like, regardless of how popular something is, you know, even the the best films or the worst films, the best books or the worst books, a lot of them use the exact same formula. And it is predictable to a degree, but a lot of people are watching it to see the how, not the what. To write a great story, I think you need to understand them, like you say, once you can understand them you can work with them and work around them like you you can't break the rules until you know the rules kind of situation yeah exactly and it's a lot easier to break rules successfully if you know what they are before you start but it's a lot harder to break or subvert rules if you haven't first studied them and you're just going against them because you don't like the idea of following rules Exactly. There's no point in going against it just for the sake of it. You have to have a good reason. Yeah, it's it's like a lot of people come to me and say that they're afraid of poetry or they don't want to study it. And if you take the time to study it, it's a lot easier to write and it's a lot easier to subvert it. And the more time you put into studying characters and character arcs, the easier you're going to find it to write and plot any story in any genre. And the faster you'll be able to do it as well. Amazing. That makes perfect sense. So then, if our lovely listeners would like to find out more about writing character arcs, where can they go? Funnily enough, I'm teaching a workshop on creating character arcs on the 30th of January, 2021. Mm. How to write character arcs, whatever your genre. And if you can't join us live, the replay will be available. Whether, you know, you want to buy an advance and you can't join us on the Saturday or you're listening to this after the workshop has gone live. And in said workshop, we're going to cover how to create character arcs in loads of depth, how to apply them Mm. to different genres and story structures. It's going to get you thinking very differently about your character uh, creation, also how you plot. As a Mm -hmm. side note, dear listener, I've had a sneak peek at this containing information here and it looks really good (laughs) (laughs) not that you're biased or anything not that i'm biased i mean i'm you know i I think you're good anyway but i've got insider information (laughs) if we wanted some more details on this where can we get those details yeah if you would like to join us on the 30th of january visit writerscookbook.com forward slash arcs workshop so that's writerscookbook.com forward slash a-r-c-s-w-o-r-k-s-h-o-p and if you can't be able to type all of that out the link will be in the show notes (laughs) it will indeed i'm very excited i'm very much looking forward to the 30th of january 
yeah, it's going to be a really great workshop. And there's going to be so much in it. And also, if you do join us live, you will be able to ask your questions live as well, which I think can be really useful if you're feeling stuck. But don't worry if you are camera shy, you do not have to join us on camera. We will teach it on Zoom. But all participants automatically have their cameras and their mics turned off. So if you have a question, you simply have to type it into the chat. The only people with cameras on will be Elliot and me. That's it for this time. So we will see you next week for more writing tips and tricks. Stay safe, take care, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.